Since the advent of the church, there have been people who have tried to spread false teachings about what it means to be the people of God. And Paul considered these hollow and deceptive, and he warned Christians to be careful what they believe to be true. So let's learn to stand firm on the simple truths of the gospel in our new series that starts today called Collide. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Venture Podcast. Uh, We are starting a brand new series today called Collide. And I am your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church slash Venture Church. We're still in the process of changing our name. If you have not heard so soon to be looking out, um, we will be changing everything to Venture Church. Uh, We're in that process right now. So please pray with us as we do that because it takes a little bit of time and hopefully everything works out. Uh, No hitches, you know, anytime you're working with something like that. Uh, problems could arise, so be praying for us with that. Um, hey, this week, uh, as I said, we're beginning a brand new series called Collide. And before I dive into that, I just want to share with you, as I always do, that if you're listening to this podcast right now, I believe you are listening for a reason and a purpose, and that God has placed you where you are for that purpose and possibly reason. And so, um, my just prayer is that God will reveal that to you today as you are um, listening uh, to uh, this episode. So, hey, uh, since the beginning, the Christian faith has always been on a collision course with the culture around us, right? The values of this world do not align with the values of our faith, and the priorities of the world do not align with the priorities of our faith. The kingdom of man is not seeking the same things as the kingdom of God. So, therefore, We shouldn't be surprised when we experience conflict and tension. Instead, we should see the conflict and tension as confirmation that we are doing the right thing. Now, I also want to mention that we shouldn't be starting conflict and tension, but if it naturally arises because it goes against our faith, then then we should understand that we are doing the right thing. Okay. For example, have you ever been out on a hike or, or a walk and gone through what we call a rough patch, right? Uh, it's when you know where you you put your foot down at certain times, and you're not sure if you're going to roll an ankle or find solid ground. You know, in the Midwest here, we have areas and patches when you go out and hike and walk and do things that have a lot of higher grass. You know, mid mid sized grass that that underneath it, it could be mud, it could be rock, it could be a hole. You just don't know, okay? And so you have to be careful. Another thing around the Midwest that we have is a thing called ice and snow, right? And they sometimes come at the same time, okay? In other words, all of a sudden you'll get some rain, it'll freeze, create a patch of ice, and then snow right afterwards, and it covers up that ice. And so you might be, you know, walking out, and next thing you know, you're airborne um, because you just lost your footing because of what's underneath. And so it's pretty terrifying if you've never had to deal with that. Um, uh, I'm assuming you probably have been there. Uh, at some point on either on either illustration. So, but these types of perilous adventures are very much like walking through life, right? Trying to depend on worldly wisdom. 
You're, you're never quite sure you're going to land on solid ground as principles and values are constantly shifting. However, what we learn from Jesus is to trust in the eternally consistent teachings of Scripture. And so uh, I would like for you guys to listen to, I wanna, I'm going to give you a reading today from Colossians 2, 8, uh, chapter 2, verse 8. I'm going to be reading from the, the New Living Translation uh, for this, um, probably this whole series, uh, definitely today. Um, and so I want us to read these words of Paul together. So if you can, if you've got a Bible, that would be great to turn that with me. Otherwise, uh, write it down and look at it later. Colossians 2, 8. And we're going to be looking at this verse every single week uh, for this series. So here's what it says. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ, okay? In in this one verse, Paul warns us about the world's logic and values, and he calls us as believers to stand firm on different sets of values, and he's calling us to stand firm on those of Christ. But even when we choose to stand firm on the things of God— the reality is we will still be faced with the values of this world. We will. No matter what we want to do and how much deep, how, how deep we are in our faith, how spiritual we, our walk is, right? We're always going to face values of this world. So the question I want to answer today is how do we know when something is worldly, right? How do we know something is worldly? So how do we know when something isn't godly is what I'm trying to say, right? How do we know when we are being led astray or, or worse, being held captive by worldly principles and teachings. And so as we get started, I'd like to draw your attention back to the illustration I brought up a few minutes ago about going through that rough patch, right? Regarding worldly principles and teachings. Okay, let me let me refresh. You, you're never quite sure you're going to land on solid ground as principles and values are constantly shifting, right? We're never going to be able to do that. So this leads to our first point on how do we know something is worldly or not godly. Okay, write this down if you can. Uh, The first one is, worldly values are inconsistent. Worldly values are inconsistent, okay? Let me help illustrate this point with something that we are all familiar with. And one of the primary mottos of the kingdom of man is, follow your heart, right? Or do whatever makes you happy, right? These principles sound good enough, but the problem is they're inconsistent, shaky, and they contradict the teachings of Scripture, right? The word says in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it, right? The world says, follow your heart, but the Bible warns us the heart is wicked and deceitful and confusing, right? It's asking itself the same question. Who can understand it? And that it is the heart. Who can understand the heart? Jesus says in Matthew 10, 39, whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And the world says that you need to make sure you're happy no matter what. But Jesus says we should lose our lives for his sake, meaning we trade all of the stuff that makes us happy in our kingdoms for for his kingdom, where amazingly we find deep abiding joy, right? The heart is inconsistent, always changing, falling in and out of love with any number of things. Happiness is an ever-moving target from one day to the next. Sometimes an hour at a time, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been through a day where I've been so up and down with happiness and sadness, right? Let's be real honest with ourselves for a moment. How can you build anything stable off of the, off these worldly principles, right? How can we build anything stable off of these worldly principles? 
as you think about this question, I want I want to read a, a piece of scripture to you. It's from Matthew seven, twenty four through twenty seven. And in this passage, Jesus is teaching his Sermon on the Mount. And this is what he has to say about building our lives. Okay? Uh, Matthew seven, twenty four through twenty seven. Here's what it says. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follow and follows it is wise. Okay? Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Now, I want you to, hopefully you caught something there that that Jesus himself is commanding us to listen and obey his teachings, right? He tells us at the beginning, if you, if you follow me, you will be wise. And if you don't follow me, you'll be foolish, right? And, and when we do follow his teachings, we will be standing on a firm foundation, okay? Now, let me speak from personal experience. When I tell you that out of the many values the world throw your way, there's, there's, there's good ba- values and there's bad values, right? But there's all kinds of different values that the world throws our way. All I've known as I've learned over time is none will allow you to stand firm when the going gets tough. Now, they might for a little while, right? They might hold you up for a little while, a day or two, maybe a little longer, but eventually they, they, they falter, right? They do not stand firm when the things get real tough. They are shifting sands of inconsistency. So, so why are they so attractive, Right? The reality is they are, right? Why does it sound so appealing to follow my heart, seek out whatever makes me happy, right, etc., whatever, whatever values are out there? Well, this leads to our second point on how do we know something is worldly, okay? Here's number two. Worldly values are seductive. Worldly values are seductive. Another word for seductive could be enticing. So if you want to replace that seductive, you can replace it with enticing, okay? But either way, The truth is, many things and words the world tries to give us and tell us can look and sound very attractive when we see and hear them, don't they? They just do. In fact, some will inspire us, right? They really will. But believe it or not, the Bible even talks about this, okay? About how they sound very attractive, uh, but they don't work out. Uh, uh, Here's here's what it comes with. Man, if you could follow along with this one, this would be great. This is is my favorite verse we're going to read today or pieces of scripture we're going to read today. And one of my favorites of all time, okay? Because it, it, you just got to listen. Here's what it says. 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. <laughs> Isn't that our world today, Right? Oh my gosh, if you just look out into the world today, we see that with all the worldly values and principles that are being taught. You see, Paul knew many people would spend their entire lives searching for a truth that lined up with their lifestyle. In addition, many people would reject the truth in Scripture because it contradicts their lifestyle, right? They receive something meant to, be, to, to bring conviction, and they ignore it as useless, Right? They, they see the stuff in Scripture, and people talk to about it all the time, but since it doesn't quite add up to what I want it to be, I'll just change the narrative and make it fit my lifestyle 
or I'll just ignore it altogether because I want to live this way and this is telling me it's wrong and I know it to be wrong, but if I just ignore it and treat it as useless, then I'll be okay. Therefore, we have to be people who continuously fill our ears and our minds with the only truth we can find in this world and it's in the pages of scripture, the Bible itself. The Bible is full of practical life principles that enable us to live the abundant life Jesus came to bring us. In John 10.10, Jesus specifically tells us this is the goal. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And what the devil can't really fully destroy, okay, he will definitely seek to distract he will try to steal your time, your treasure, and your attention, right? That's why we have to stand firm on the Word of God. That's why we have to uh, abide in Christ. That's why we need to have daily time in God's Word. And as you learn how to point out the worldly values that, that don't align with the kingdom of God, you need to also spend energy pursuing the values that do align with the kingdom of God. Okay? You, you have to do both. And this leads us up to the third point on how do we know something is worldly. The third one is this. Allow the Spirit to guide. Okay, allow the Spirit to guide. And you can add the word you on the end of it. Allow the Spirit to guide you. Okay? It's not enough to simply say no to the things of this world. You know, the things that the world teaches us, we can easily go, you know what, no, I'm not going to follow that. But there's another part to it. Okay? Because if you just simply say no, you're still going to do things on your own. Okay, unless you take it a step further and you say yes to the things of God. See, Christ gave us the Holy Spirit to be a guide and a strength in this endeavor. In fact, turn with me, if you can, to John 14, 17. Listen to what he says. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Jesus invites us to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truths, right? Once we, once we begin to follow God's lead, we will be able to experience the best life possible. We will be constantly coming back to the only truth worth standing on at all, one that will never lead us astray. And the most recent example I can give you guys from my own personal experience and letting the, the Spirit guide me is when COVID came to light. A couple of years ago. I can't believe it's already been a couple of years, but that's a whole other subject, right? <laughs> but as cases in the United States begin to add up, right, the world kind of went into this panic mode. And the United States government, our government, began to shut down public places like schools, right? Remember, they started with schools, and then, then it was businesses, you know, all types of businesses, restaurants, bars, you know, you name it, and, and including talk of, of shutting churches down, right? And as this became more of a reality than talk, you know, because we also need to understand something. Technically, the government can't shut down churches unless they enact certain laws, which they hadn't done yet. But there was all this talk about, is the church going to stand up and, and fight? You know, like, are we going to, is this going to be a war? You know, like, are we going to stand against the tyranny of the government? You know, are we going to be, it's, 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 it's Christians versus non-Christians. It's the churches versus the government. Is this going to happen, right? All this stuff is going on. Now, I'm exaggerating a little bit there, but, but there was all this talk going on. And so 
we as pastors uh, of churches began to look into what Scripture was teaching us, and we looked towards each other for advice on what each other were, were going to do uh, as this came came more of a reality and talk that, that the government was definitely going to shut churches down, and or at least try to, and, and all this stuff. And, and, and as I listened to other pastors and, and, and began to just really focus on what the Holy Spirit was leading me to do and guiding me to do, I came to the conclusion that Jesus taught something in a piece of scripture. It comes from Galatians 5, 13 through 15. Now, I want you to hear out the whole thing and, and be open-minded a little bit about this, and I'll, I'll try to explain it. It says, For you were called to be free. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the entire law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. But here's the key I, w- I want you to focus on is as people were starting this uproar and, and deciding are we going to be against or for each other and, and all this stuff, listen to what the last part says. It says, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out or you'll be consumed by one another. And so as we decided to take care of the flock by shutting doors and keeping each other healthy, and not allowing each other to devour ourselves over something that is basically temporary. We knew it would soon be safe to start meeting again. And by soon, we, you, know, uh, you know, obviously weeks, months is soon. In our, in our time, we want it quicker. But the reality of span of time, <laughs> you know, that's pretty quick, right? We knew we would start to meet, to be able to meet again. And, and I believe that during that time, the Spirit led us in the correct actions. You know, we we were able to we were able to just shut the doors temporarily. We were able to go online, so we really didn't stop preaching the gospel and sharing the gospel with anybody. But we just weren't able to meet in person, and we were able to keep each other safe for just a little bit of time. And and it doesn't even matter what side of what belief you have when it comes to coronavirus, because there's all these other things going out there. But the reality is, we decided that we just didn't want to devour one another and be consumed by one another. Instead, we just wanted to focus on God. And we were able to do that. And, and believe it or not, we were able to open it four weeks later because they changed a few of the things they were health directing us to do. And we were able to meet again. It all worked out. But here's the reality. It takes devotion and effort to learn to walk and step with the Spirit. And as you follow the teachings of Scripture, there will always be temptations to veer off the path, right? And go adventuring through those rough patches right? But again, those temptations are only temporary, much like the rewards that they promise. Abundant life is found in the kingdom of God, and the Holy Spirit was given as a gift to help lead and guide the way, right? There's an abundant life in following God, and to help us through that, God gave us the Holy Spirit, right? The world is trying to draw you into values that are inconsistent, seductive, and at worst, destructive. But today, as we begin this new series, on, in, in this new podcast series, we all have the opportunity to invite the Spirit of God to guide us into scriptural truth. The one thing we can stand on, knowing it will remain firm. But there's a few steps you have to do, okay? The first step is you have to call out and recognize any false truths or principles you may believe in. There might be some worldly principles that you and values that you believe in right now. 
And I gave a couple of examples earlier, but let's kind of reference it um, back again. Like, uh, here's some things that it could be. Like, follow your heart. You know, you know. We sometimes we have to follow our heart, but we do it in a, in a godly way, right? Not in a worldly way. So we have to be careful with that because the the heart is deceitful. It wants to do what the heart wants to do, and the heart is is human, all right? It's it's made up of our human body. It's the makeup. If we don't have a heart, we don't live, right? And so. <laughs> we have to, we want to follow that, but at the same time, which, which way are you following it? It's deceitful. We can't understand it, right? Another one is do whatever makes you happy. Let's, let's just be, let's just be real. You're not going to be happy all the time. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Now you might be happy for a long period of time. That's a possibility, but eventually somebody's going to get sick. Somebody's going to die. Somebody's going to lose a job. Lose financial income, right? Something bad's going to happen. An accident's going to happen. You're going to be sad at some points. It's inevitable. Happiness just does, all 100% happiness does not exist. Okay? Another one, you are an army of one. That's absolutely false. Okay? If you are a Christian, you are an army of many. Right? God raises us up to fight against the darknesses. Right, we're we're in this war against the 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 darkness and the principalities of of Satan himself, right? And and we're not in this alone, but we try to fight it alone, but yet we need to understand we're not alone. We need to be there for each other. When somebody calls out for help, help them, right? We gotta we gotta denounce this, okay? Another one, and the last one, you could become anything you set your mind to. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> you just can't. Okay, there's a lot of things, yeah, you can. If you put your mind to it, you can do it. But there's a lot you can't do, and it's too many to name. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll give you my example, okay? <laughs> no matter how much I want it, no matter how much I, I, I seek it, no how much I put my mind to it, I will never be the next quarterback of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. It just won't happen. Although, they're pretty bad. I might be close to making it, you know what I mean? But anyway, so, <laughs> sorry to pick on the Huskers. But anyway, so, you know, but you can't, you just, it's not going to happen. It's not always going to happen. We'll say it that way, okay? The next step is, the ne- step number two is admitting how enticing and attractive um, some of these principles are, okay? It, it does you no good to pretend like they're not attractive, or, or, or enticing, okay? But it also does no good to think we can simply avoid the false teaching that is rampant in the world, okay? We can't just ignore it because we just don't like it. We have to address it. We have to stand firm against it. We have to ignore those, those principles, those values of the worldly um, side. We have to focus on the godly side. We have to say yes to those and then stand up against the, uh, the, the ones of the world, right? And that's where it comes into help, having uh, help, not being just an army of one. We're there to help each other, right? And finally, we must trust in the Spirit to lead and guide us into and through the truth, right? Christ said that the Spirit is there to help us in all truths, right? And so we, we stand up together, we stand firm, but we allow the Spirit to guide us. Not on our own, because we'll devour each other, right? We'll get in arguments with each other. But if we all allow the Spirit to guide us and trust in God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, then then nothing's stopping us, right? Then we can stand firm in, in what we believe. And so I want to close with uh, three questions today. Here they are. Will you choose to take a stand today and every day going forward 
Will you choose to trust the leading of the Spirit? And when you make a daily commitment to Scripture, we need to be in the Word every day. If we're not in the Word every day, we never can lean on the Spirit. And we cannot make a stand today and every day. That's just truth. It all starts with God's Word, our teachings that come from God Himself. Amen. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, I sure did myself. Uh, look forward to talking to you each and every week. And I hope you'll be back next week as we continue our series on Collide. Talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast and Chandler Acres Ministries, or you'd like to become a patron, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.